You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> But anyway, let's, let's go for it. Welcome, everybody, to the Radiant Culture Podcast. You're, yes, you guessed it right. It's Mr. Kent, and I am hosting today. Yeah, it's going to be a really good episode. We're doing things a little bit different today because today the star of the show is usually the host of the show, but today we're shining the spotlight on the cookie monster. <laughs> How's it going, man? Going good, going good. This feels so weird. It does, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but today we also have a debutant. Her name is Geraldine. Please introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into the podcast. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Geraldine. I am new to this podcast thing, um, so I'm hoping to have some fun. I'm going to be grilling the star of the show today. Grilling? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I didn't get that memo. <laughs> you didn't get the memo. I was told that's my one thing I have to do today. You have to grill. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay, let's see. So, let's so see. we gave Geraldine an assignment mm -hmm. to dig up all the dirty, dirty stuff. And boy. Oh, yeah. All that dirty stuff. All those skeletons in the closet. <laughs> They're all coming out today. Hey, man. Just bring out the skeletons. Let them dance. Yes. You know. Great. So Geraldine's joining our team. She's more of a producer, but today she's standing in for T-Mac, who, as usual, decides to just go, hey, well, I'm joking. No, she, she's out of town. <laughs> she's handling some business. So we've got Geraldine standing in for her. Happy to be here. Yeah, cool. So let's get into it. So today is going to be a little bit different because it's more of, a, I guess, an interview with Cookie Monster, just to know the man behind the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so you've heard him over 160 episodes, um, mm -hmm. grilling people, talking a lot of, you know, sense. You know, he's very passionate oh, about, about the scripture, about the word of God, about apologetics. Uh, but, you know, today we just thought, hey, the audience would be really interested to hear your story, your journey and the sure. faith and why you do what you do. You know, you're a worship leader, yeah. apart from your, your, your business ventures and other things that you do, you're a worship leader and you, you've been involved um, right at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. Um, and you've really carried the podcast here in T-Bank. And yeah, so people, we, we want people to know who's the man behind all this and who's the guy the voice that they're listening to every other week okay and um just you know get get insights from your life your journey and i guess the main thrust of it is you know just getting to know how you stayed the course um how you got to become a believer let's start from there how did you come to the faith? <laughs> okay um wow well, thank you this feels really different because i'm I think the temptation is to always, like when you're doing the intro, I almost wanted to just jump in and be like, I'm Cookie Monster, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I'm so used to being on the other side. But thank you so much. And Geraldine, it's good to have you here. Thank you. Um, I'm going to try to be nice to you so that you don't do too much grilling. <laughs> um, and then also just, I'm, I'm going to just apologize if I sound a bit nasal. I'm still recovering from from a bug. There's been a bit of a nasty bug going around. Mm. So, uh, but I'm on yeah. the mend, thankfully. Um, so my journey, wow, where to begin? Okay, so I became a Christian in high school. Uh, Mr. Kent and I actually went to the same high school. Yeah. And I was a huge 
avid hip hop fan like I was deep into music and yeah my music was my life so I I knew lyrics to all kinds of songs Wu-Tang Clan Dead Prayers then got into DMX in a oh, in a yeah. <laughs> in a big way you know I remember back in high school that actually became a nickname people used to call me DMX yeah uh-huh. so yeah so typically you know did everything I was I was a boarder so I used to sneak out of boarding sometimes to go to club um I was the guy who used to bring booze for guys I'll go to Montague I'll go to Montague shops <laughs> buy booze in uniform because the guy who owned the oh, wow. the bottle store there now knew us wow. and would sell me give me in a khaki envelope not not envelope khaki bag Egg. then of course I'll just give the god something wish I'm exposing people now. <laughs> and then of course you know and that that's that did that almost every every friday so that's some of the stuff that we did but I think um a lot of that stuff was just really because of where I was coming from. Um I I grew up I grew up in Glenora, high density area in Arare and um grew up was raised by a single mom um who's was I guess a, a primary school teacher and a lovely woman. I love my mom. She's just a, an amazing woman. Um but I think just because of that I I used to play with guys who were older than me. And so because of that I got exposed to a lot of stuff pretty early. So I I I had my first club experience when I was in grade 7. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Aki's afternoon session <laughs> for those of you who know. And so by the time I went to four, I went to high school I was already very exposed to a lot of stuff. I had already done the drinking, the the smoking, all of that stuff I'd already done. So um Yeah, so I'm just giving I'm just giving you that as a bit of a backdrop so you understand where where I came from. Yeah. But there was a lot of insecurity there. There was a lot of stuff that I I struggled with because I guess I was trying to fit in. I was trying to be so I used, I used to try to look cool and all of that because really there was a void. I believe that I was trying to that I was trying to fill. Then fast forward um to I remember one of my one of our friends um uh, because it was a gradual process. One of our friends was like, "Hey guys, there's a youth group." um at 28 it was 28 just at Ongogara yes yeah yeah yes. um so it was the youth group for hear the word ministries which is now celebration church and it was on a friday night so one of our friends invited a bunch of us and we went but the reason why we went was for chicks because it's like hey, there's going to be there's going to be lots of there's going to be lots of chicks right um and then please feel free to interrupt me at any point because i can just keep going 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 Um and then went there of course there were lots of chicks um <laughs> but then during that meeting uh the pastor the, the then youth pastor Bruce Ezet was preaching and I'd never really because I I grew up Anglican and I love the Anglican church but you know it was my home church but I I'd never heard somebody preach the gospel in that way wow. so so of course you know me being me I was just like ah they didn't also call at the end I didn't go because I was like ah whatever yeah. then afterwards you know talk to chicks but then i think i started to feel the conviction like from that very moment then a lot of other things happened we started getting different guys who were coming into pe to to preach and pastor ivan was one of yeah. them yeah. and uh, and a bunch of other people and i think those seeds kept getting sowed mm-hmm. until i then went for an altar call um and surrendered my life to god and then that just began a whole at the journey because yeah maybe maybe we can get into that wow 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 that's yeah Geraldine <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's very interesting i think i you take like if you grew up in the church 
you take uh, being a Christian for granted or giving your life to Christ for granted. Yeah. For so for you doing it at as a teenager, mm-hmm. that's like huge because yeah. that's like what the most impressionable time of your life. Yeah, exactly. And you yeah. were like what 15, 14, 16, 16, 16. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's when everything is happening and yeah. all the influence is coming from all those different places. Yeah. And for you to decide no. So that's pretty that's pretty great. So what would you say is the one thing that if you remember mm-hmm. is the one thing that you would say that took a hold of you in terms of the faith in terms of Christianity? Hmm. <clears throat> Interesting question. Especially like given the backdrop of where you were coming from. You yeah. Know? Um, the culture you were coming from. Yeah. It's not easy to come out of that kind of a culture. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Um so just to give a, a bit more context, so the, the transformation that began to happen was not just me alone. It was a group of us, yeah. right? It was a group of us. And I feel like God just started working in our, in our hearts in a very interesting way. And of course, Keith, uh, Mr. Kent used to sit next to me yeah. uh, in, in, in class and I started preaching to him. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll talk about that one later. Like this guy became my, yeah, man, I was witnessing to this guy because I, I was on fire like crazy. But I think the thing that stood out to me was that when you grow up as a Christian, often you, like you rightly said, Geraldine, you take the gospel, you can take a lot of things for granted, mm. right? Because you know the story, Jesus came and he gave his life and he died and he rose again. Mm. You need to give your life to Christ. So you kind of know, you, you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, Mm. And you know what the t-shirt says? Jesus saves, right? (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is that when I think when I had the biggest thing for me was feeling like I belonged. I think that was the biggest thing where I thought I just had this feeling like, wow, I'm loved. Wow. And I think I'd never, I'd never experienced that before mm. like i'm saying my, my mom I, of course my, my, my mom loved me i knew i knew my mom loved me but it was different yeah. i i think i knew about the love of god at a very theoretical level right mm. but when i had this experience where it was like i just felt like i remember okay i'll, I'll tell you this i remember i would have moments where i'd look in the mirror this is before i was saved and i'd be like who am i wow you know what i'm saying yeah. at a very young age it's mm. weird i used to have these thoughts like who the heck am i what am I? Um, how do I know I exist? Wow. wow. You see what I'm saying? Like, these are questions that would... So, I remember the one... I actually specifically remember a day that I was in hostel, looked in the mirror, and it's like that question had been answered. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I belong to God. And, and I think that's one of the things that really then gave me the the impetus, the confidence, because I knew that I was loved by God. And it's something that I can't explain. It's something that I, I can't say I, it happened because I, was, I prayed. Or, I think it's just God's grace, God's providence. Yeah. Wow. That's the best way I can explain it. Yeah, so let's talk about now you're saved. Mm-hmm. You get plugged in. Obviously, everyone's on fire. Mm-hmm. Tell us about some of the things that happened you know, in the initial, in, in that initial period, you know, some of the things that people would consider outrageous or miracles or, you know. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Several things, several interesting things happened. Uh, like I said, I used to preach to a lot of people. 
um, him being one of them. Yeah. And I'm a product, I'm a fan. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is my papa. Uh, but he's now, he's now the papa, so. Um, okay, I'll be quick, I'll be quick. Like, a lot of different things happened. Uh, but I'll tell you two. Two specific ones that I remember. I remember a Sunday, coming from church, we had been hearing about the Holy Spirit. It's the first time that I had been prayed for yeah. and fallen under the power of God. Now, I know there are people today who will say things like, ah, you know, all of that stuff is fake mm-hmm. or there's no such thing. But I'll tell you this, guys. I'm the most, I can be the most um, skeptical person when it comes to things. But I'll tell you this. I, I remember the day when, this is a guy called Pastor Franz. He's late now. Pastor Franz who was part of the, one of the pastors at, at Celebration, mm-hmm. he was praying for people to encounter the whole, to receive the Holy Spirit, I rem- or receive healing or something like that. Mm-hmm. He prayed for me, and I don't, I don't know what happened. I just remember being on the ground. Wow. Then I went to him after the meeting. Then I was like, dude, what did you do to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what was that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I was that guy. Then he prayed for me again, and I remember I fell down got up it was a sunday uh no that was the sunday and so what we used to do is that every sunday after would would stay for the second service then after after that would walk back to to pe to the hostel so one of my friends was not feeling well so i don't know how word spread that um no it's not even that he just no it's because i had been talking to him about how i had received this 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 had happened to me and then um so after lunch he comes to me he's like dude i have an exam tomorrow um, and I've got a headache and a fever and whatever, whatever. I need you to pray for me. Yeah. I had never prayed for anybody like that. Like, I, I didn't know how to pray for somebody mm. who was sick. And I just did exactly what I'd seen the pastor doing. Literally, I didn't even open my mouth. Wow. The guy fell down. He got up. He was completely healed. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And then that, be- that began a whole thing at, at school where, you know, of course, people are saying, hey, Mzembe's got special powers. <laughs> You know, guys would come, <clears throat> it was weird, guys would come asking to get prayed for. Then, fast forward, we then became the leaders of Scripture Union yeah. at, at, that, at that age, you know. And, yeah, then I think from there, it was just, everything just went down, well, not downhill, but everything just went into, into autopilot because God did a lot of stuff. Then, the, the, the other incident that I'll highlight is, so one of the guys, one of the, when a guest come to Scripture Union, one of, us, one of our meetings, who was quite prophetic, then he says there's an, there's an altar yeah. in the school. <sighs> Bruh, when I recall this, it's is actually <laughs> quite, quite weird. Anyway, he says there's an altar at the school which is dedicated to what? Freemasonry or something. Then he says God is asking... God is telling me that he needs like seven young people who yeah. go every night to pray. Yeah. Mm. So of course I was like, I'm there. So I think like seven of us would go every night and would pray. Guys, I think we, I, I don't even know how long we did this. We would go every night to pray. We did an all night prayer in the toilets the one time. Mm. Um, but we just go pray. So I think that was all part of the discipline being built. Mm. And that all came from just a desire and a hunger to want to know God. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I guess you've answered my my next question, which was, how did you? What? What? What, what was the driving force behind you guys doing this? And you, you obviously answered that um, it was just a hunger for God. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, how? So tell us, how has your journey been? 
Okay. You're talking about getting. Um, I, I mean, you posted on your on your on your timeline, so I'm not gonna get in trouble for this. Uh-huh. <laughs> you post your age on your timeline, so we would know how, how old you are. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So you're 16. Mm-hmm. You were 16 when you got saved. Mm-hmm. This is like 16, 18. Actually, more than 18 years later. Yeah. You know. More than 20 years later. Mm-hmm. You are here. Mm-hmm. You're hosting this podcast. You're still passionate for God. Passionate yeah. for God. Yeah. How have you done that? Because there are a lot of people, and I'm sure if you said you got saved as a group, there was a group of mm-hmm. you. I'm yeah. sure there are people in that group who've kind of like lost the faith or a, a bit wishy-washy, and some of them probably have now are now even questioning the faith. Yeah. How have you stuck it through? Wow. I, I guess another another really good question. Um. So the first thing I'll say is that it hasn't been easy. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a very difficult journey um, on so many levels because, <clears throat> you know, along the way, there were lots of disappointments. Yeah. I'll tell you one. So one of the things that I really wanted to do after school was to go to university. There was a specific university that I wanted to go to. And then at about that time, um, my, my dad just fell into all kinds of you know, financial issues and I couldn't go. Yeah. And then I was, you know, you know, at that at that stage, you know, like all your friends are going, mm-hmm. all your friends are going to UCT, yeah. to wherever, yeah. to Australia, to all kinds of places, and you're feeling like what? And then like I'm left, you know. Yeah. Then there was a part of me that I was like, but God, you know, I dedicated like most of my high my, my high school, or a large part of my high school, I dedicated to serving you, mm. and this is happening. I was really disappointed. Then fast forward, you know, guys are done with school and they're all graduating and they're all working. And at some point I kind of felt like my life wasn't moving. And I remember just getting that sense of, you know, was, this was all a waste, yeah. you know, because why is it that the people who didn't care about God, the people who used to mock us are the ones who seem to be doing better yeah. in life. Right. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> so what was all this for? Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, also, then, you know, thankfully got into all kinds of things. I, I developed a passion for business. I can't get into all the, the details yeah. of everything. Um, but also had, had some, pretty, some pretty low moments, you know, made some bad decisions, made some bad financial decisions, which got me into very um, interesting, yeah, things. Um, and then I think that the one I would, would want to highlight is when I... Uh, there's a time when I felt sick. I felt really sick. I, I collapsed and um, ended up in hospital. Lost my memory. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lost my memory. It was like pretty, pretty hectic, a pretty hectic time. But I'll tell you what, what happened during that time is that it was almost like um, a reminder of the fragility of life for me. Mm-hmm. A reminder of um, how easy it is to just die, you know? So came out of that, didn't remember a lot of stuff, didn't remember people, didn't remember. And it's taken me a while yeah. to get to where I am now, where, where you know, a lot of my memories are, are, are restored. <laughs> brav, brav. <laughs> Listen, it went with the hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> when the hard drive got fried. <laughs> but but, but here's, here's what it is. Difficult journey, you know, lots of, lots of pitfalls along the way, lots of, um, like I'm saying, lots of bad 
let, let, let me call them not so great choices as well. Not like I got anybody pregnant or anything, no. <laughs> um, but more like, you know, there's just some things I could have done better. Yeah. You know, there's, there's just some decisions I think I could have made better. But I'll tell you what. Along, along the, when I, when I look back at all of that, the one thing that, that I see that remains constant is God's faithfulness. Wow. Because at the beginning of the journey, you think that, you know, being a Christian means you're going to win. You're, yeah. you know, we quote all these scriptures, we're more than conquerors and all of that. But you, you don't, you don't account for the times that you're not going to be doing too great. Yeah. The times that you're going to get hurt, mm. right? Maybe the times that you're going to hurt somebody mm-hmm. or maybe your health doesn't do too well or maybe you, you know, the, the, your business doesn't do too well or you're going to get fired from work or you, you, or you lose your parents or you lose friends. These are all things that happen along the journey. Yeah. But we, we like to, we have this tendency to want to associate the things of God with the good stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, God is with us through it all. Yeah. His faithfulness is with us through because He remains faithful even when we are faithless. That's what Scripture wow. says. Yeah. So I would say that's God's faithfulness. Really, ultimately, when I when I look back, is is what's what's kept me. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, this could be a seemingly difficult question and probably similar to the one I asked before. But I'm just thinking, you know. There could be a listener out there thinking, wow, dude, you went through all that and still came out of that, mm-hmm. still trusting God. Like, I want to know, like, what was it? You know, you've talked about God's faithfulness and stuff, but like when you go through something like that, yeah. it's natural most of the time to start questioning God. Like, wh- why did I have to fall sick? Yeah. Why is it that others had to go to university who weren't even serving you and I was. You yeah. know, where's my reward? You know, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Why did I get into the financial trouble? Yes, you did allude to some uh, bad decisions, but why did I make those decisions? I thought you were with me. You right. Know, that sort of thing. Like a lot for a lot of people it becomes a turning point. Right? Yeah. Because for a lot of people who eventually turn from the faith, it's usually <coughs> that kind of experience where they're like, you know, God let me down. Yeah. And looking at it, it looks like God let you down, but you choose to see it from a different perspective and see the faithfulness of God even in those difficult times. Right. Like, what is it that that tilted that focus into that and not going the other way of questioning God and saying, so you don't really care about me or do you even exist or that sort of thing? Hmm. Wow. Okay. Man, you're asking something. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you're bringing them questions, huh? Um, <clears throat> so... I think several things. The, the first thing is that I think it's, a, it's the issue of foundation. Yeah. From the get-go, um, and I want to I wanna give credit to the different people who walked with me, um, including the Izzas, Pastor Bruce and Pastor Chris Izzas, who were my mm-hmm. youth pastors then. You know, they, they, were, they were very sober about what they taught us mm-hmm. concerning the faith. They, they, they tried to, to give us a very balanced view of, of God and of the things of God, which, which gave me a, a good understanding or a balanced understanding that um, even when, the thing, when things are not going the way you want, God doesn't change. Um, and of course, my pastor as well, Pastor Tom, he's, he's always been very, um, yeah, he's just always been a, what, what do I want to call it? A level-headed guy. Yeah. 
not perfect, but very level-headed in the way that that, that is board thing. So that that helped me as well. But the other thing that helped me is is you guys, my friends. I think you know having having people around me who who were solid and who who challenged me, who encouraged me. Yeah. And who managed to who who still chose to see the treasure in me even in my low moments. I think all those things contributed. Um because you know you, you and I ran a business together. Yeah. There was a time when we had a bit of a fallout and and the fact that you know you you still chose to 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 maintain the friendship and to yeah. you see I think things like that what what that does is that um, I think I, I really believe that God sends people into your life, yeah. and we like to talk about it sometimes. That oh no, this person is God sent. But I really believe that when you're a Christian, God will send certain people in your life who who play different roles in your life. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's people who are gonna encourage you in, in low moments. Sometimes it's people who are gonna. Uh, challenge you when you're yeah. being stupid, right? People were like, oh. <laughs> I see you're, you're better than this, yeah. you know. And I've had all those things. Sometimes it's mentors. So I think it's been it's been a lot of different um, things. But then one of the other things that I, I believe that was really instrumental for me was that um, I was introduced to. So it's funny how this happened. So one of my mentors, um, who's he's not here anymore, Andrew Baird, who was my music director then, yeah. very randomly says to me, hey, Kuda, you like reading and all of this stuff. I want to introduce you to this guy. Listen to this guy. So it happened to be Ravi. So yeah. he had a, a Ravi tape or something that he was listening to. Then he says to me, I think you'll enjoy this. Yeah. Listen to Ravi. And um, I think from there, what that did, it almost, that was like almost another door that was opened in terms of my walk with God, because that's what, it, that, that's what introduced me to, to apologetics. Wow. Yeah. So, all, so the questions that I had about, you know, yes, I've worked with God, I've been a Christian, but I still had questions mm-hmm. like, but how, do we really know that the Bible is true? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. how, how can we, yes, we know it's true because we have faith is true. Yeah. But is there actual historical evidence that it's true? Yeah. How do we answer the difficult questions of life? Yeah. How do we answer people who are atheists? And mm-hmm. So he, he opened so Ravi introduced me to all of that, and I just went on this crazy, um, yeah, I, I, I went crazy about Ravi, downloaded reams and reams of Ravi stuff, and I just used to listen yeah. to Ravi. So part, part of what happened is, even in moments where I was starting to question my own faith, because I had, I had those questions like, mm-hmm. but is God really with me? Does God really exist? Mm-hmm. But it's now those... It's, it's, those arguments that he would present for God. Yeah. That even though I wasn't feeling like God was with me, there was that thing that I was like, no, but this makes a lot of sense. That faith in God is not just something that's based on a feeling or it's, it's real, it's logical. It makes, so, so I think an, an, an important piece of my journey was the apologetics aspect, which really then helped me, even when I had my, um, when I fell sick, when I lost my memory, used to listen to a lot of Ravi and that, that helped me a lot. Well, Ravi and then all, that, all the different people on his team and stuff. So, yeah, I hope that answers. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> wow, it's a lot to take in. <laughs> wow. But I think what you said about the foundation yeah. is very important because 
Yeah, I think like to answer you, to maybe to answer on your behalf as well. <laughs> like sometimes like why people then fall away is yeah. their foundation is not strong to begin with. Yeah. And then they never really had that relationship with God because, yeah, I think that special relationship with God is what keeps you going. And then you understand, okay. I'm, I'm going to do a little segue here. And I know you're not prepared. Okay. But I'm going to go for it anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. Like you also stayed the course for a very long time. Yeah, like but like I've always, church I always a, repent. <laughs> <laughs> in the church for a long time yeah it's, always been <laughs> <laughs> it's not always been like a straight path yeah yeah but like how have you especially in the industry i don't know um if you introduced yourself that way but Jordan's a creative yeah um, fashion, fashion creative mm-hmm. but all-round creative as well um in your industry like mm. yeah yeah it's there, there are a lot of forces, there are a lot of things that are pulling you away from yeah. what you believe. Yes. How have you, like... Stayed the course. Yeah, exactly. Hesh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess... Uh, I don't know, I just know that God is real. I, uh-huh. I can't... I guess I'm not unapologetic, I, so I don't know how to then explain it to someone who's not a Christian. I just like, I know he's real. Yeah. I've seen him work through people before me. I've seen him work in my life. So, and also I just don't want to upset God. I'm just like, God, please help me to stay the course. Even I know that like, you made me a creative for a reason and yeah. the creative industry is not for dark, the dark side. You gave yeah. people gifts for a reason. So help me to be the light in this creative industry. But I, I can't really say it's one thing. I don't know. I can't explain it. But yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. So what I want to ask now is, so you've been through all this. Yeah. And obviously there have been ups and downs. Um, Many ups as well, if I, if I must say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Many ups and some downs. <laughs> yeah. Um... This might be a little bit controversial, but right. uh, we need to touch on it. Let's go. You, you, you've been part of a celebration church yeah. for a while. Yeah. And um, I was part of a celebration church as well. Yeah. Um, and there have been a lot of, looking from the outside in, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people have certain perceptions. They see certain things happening, certain yeah. people leaving the church. Yeah. And then those people saying certain statements, <coughs> certain things happening in the church. Um, and every church is just not unique to, to Celebration yeah. Church. It's, it's happening in, yeah, in right. almost every church. Mm-hmm. There's church politics in every church. Right. Uh, and people leave churches and, 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 and so forth. Mm. But you stuck around yeah. for a long time in the midst of very challenging uh, circumstances. Yeah. What's your view of, of the role of the church? Okay. And has that sort of influenced why you sort of stayed? stayed? Mm. Okay. Great question. Really good question. Um, so, you know, the thing with the church is that initially I loved Celebration Church because all my friends went there. Yeah. I had great relationships there. And then all my friends started leaving, right? Y'all left. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that was difficult. Some of the people that I looked up to left. I think many of them for... For legitimate reasons, yeah. if I can be honest. Because, yeah. you know, we, we did go through a period as a church where we went weird. I'll be the first one to admit that, yeah. you know. Um, <coughs> excuse me. 
Um, I think our doctrine got a bit funny. And um, yeah, but I'll tell you what it taught me. Yeah. The first thing it made me realize is that pastors are people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pastors are people who are also on a journey with God. Yeah. And so when we put our pastors on, a, on, on pedestals, we actually do them a disservice. Now, of course, you know, we should respect them. We should honor them. Yeah. Um, we should pray for them. But we must realize that they're people, which, which is... So the, the big lesson for me there was that um, my, pastors, my pastors are people. Yeah. And they, they're also working out their salvation. Right? Yes. So when, I think when you have that perspective, it, it helps you to understand that... Um, you're being led by people who need God just as much as you do. Now, of course, they may be called by God. They may be anointed by God for, for, for specific things um, in, his, in his own way, in his own providence. That's the first thing. Um, and then the second thing is I think part of me has always felt, and this, is, this may sound strange, but a part of me has always felt that I have some work to do at Celebration Church. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like I've always felt that there's something that I'm uh, that, that God wants me to do there, because I had every reason to leave. I've been invited by many churches to come and become a worship director to come, and, but it's and I've got many friends who go to different churches and I've got absolutely no issues with people who've left the church. In fact, a lot of my a lot of the people that I talk to um, were part of Celebration Church. They don't like it or they they've moved on, but we're still we're still friends because yeah. we agree on the things that matter, right? Yeah. Um, so, so that's my, my thing that I just felt like there was something that I, and it's really beginning to make more and more sense to me now, um, that I've not, not that I've stayed there, I've been there, I've been part of it for, for quite a long time. But beyond that, I think the other thing is that when you asked me, you asked about the role of the church. Yeah. yeah. So I think that there's important things that we need to, to consider when we're looking for a church. Yeah. When we're younger, we tend to gravitate towards the church because we like the we're drawn by maybe the glitz and glam, the lights and, and all of that. Yeah. Right? Maybe the pasta is cool and hip and or maybe they're just like chicks. Right? <laughs> we can go for different reasons or guys or whatever, right? But I think when you really begin to grow and begin to mature in your journey, you start to realize that there are certain key things about the church. Number one, the church is not man's idea. The church is God's idea. Yeah. God instituted the church. For a reason, because the church is his body. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be his body. So the church is where you're supposed to have a community of people that you, you do life with. Um, there's the aspect of accountability, people who hold you accountable, um, people who encourage you and help you in your journey with God. But that's also where you're getting fed the word of God. Yeah. So, so it means that the church needs to have the right doctrine. Yeah. Right. The theology has to be sound. If the theology is not sound, it's, it's very difficult to have, almost impossible to have strong believers coming out of a church that's teaching wishy-washy yeah. doctrine. So you've got to have leaders who are committed to biblical truth, who are committed to um, preaching the cross, preaching the key fundamentals of, of the gospel. That's number one, well, okay, number whatever. Then the other thing is that discipline mm-hmm. is an important thing. When I say discipline, I think, you know, one of the key things you must look for in a church is what is their disciplinary process yeah. for, for members and for leadership. That if somebody does something wrong, or somebody is out of line, or if somebody starts teaching things that are not 
in keeping with what scripture teaches? Is there a process that can be followed for discipline? How is that person disciplined? If you are out of line, if I'm a leader, I'm a worship leader, yeah. um, and currently I'm the music director as well. If I'm, a, if I'm out of line, and maybe I start texting the young ladies in our choir inappropriately or whatever, mm -hmm. then there should be a process for me to get disciplined, mm -hmm. right? So, so, so I think these are all things that are key because the church plays a very key, a very important role in the life of a believer. So if you go into a church and you feel like, hmm, there's no community, the doctrine is not sound, the theology is, is, is shady, leadership, there's no clear disciplinary path that you can follow, you, there's no accountability, yeah. then even if it has all the other um, outward interesting things that you may, you may be drawn to, then I think those are red flags that you, you must, because you must all, you'd rather go to a church that's boring, that doesn't have great praise and worship, <laughs> but the word, <laughs> but the word is solid, the word is sound, yeah. Yeah. The, the leadership is sound, mm -hmm. and you get to grow in your discipleship. You, you'd rather that than the opposite. Yeah. I, I hope that answers no, the no, question. No, a lot of it questions, and yeah. which is why we were all part of Celebration Church, because um, I remember during my time, um, Yes, the worship was great and, you know, the experience, the lights, the nice building and mm. everything was a bonus. But the real thing that, you know, I would look forward to and kept coming back mm. was the word. Like you talked yeah. about Pastor Bruce, Pastor, you know, Chris, Pastor, you know, the, e. Pastor e, the, yeah. the foundations of people like that. Even like, you know, your Dr. Wazara's, all the other, you know, yes. leaders and preachers, Pastor Tom himself, you know what I mean? Dr. McCorney. I mean, there's exactly. just so many great people. The teaching great was people, just yeah. so grounding and mm. was really good and, and it's probably still is. Yeah. And what I've learned actually is, you know, yes, you can, like, my experience is very different, but I know other people left the church because they had a problem with the church. Yep. I felt it was a time for me to move on okay. and, 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 and do something. And then, you know, God later revealed it to me and, and worked out that way. Yeah. But most people leave because... And now, and now you're a pastor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and funny enough, like a few weeks before uh -huh. I left the church, I remember when... Because I used to be part of the youth leadership. We were in a prayer meeting. Yeah. And... Pastor Bonnie was there and she prayed for us mm -hmm. and we all felt like just the presence of God was. Mm -hmm. And after that, she just looked at me in front of everyone and she just prophesied and said, you're going to be a pastor. Wow. And I remember, you know, after that, everyone was, you, Only it was like, you, you pastor. <laughs> and to look at it, that was like, I only became a pastor like five or six years after that, that incident. Mm. You know what I mean? You're the and most I unlikely. I think in our whole crew, you're the most <laughs> unlikely guy to become a pastor. And now... And, you know, that, that happened. Wow. And But coming back to my thing was, you know, a lot of people leave the church because something bad happened. They don't like some pastor or they had a b bad experience. Mm -hmm. And then they leave the church. And what I've noticed is that some of the things that I used to see in celebration and say, mm, that's a bit fishy. Mm, mm -hmm. that, that's not right. You know, Stop. When I go, no, no, no. When I go to another church, mm. the same things are there. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it doesn't, it, it, it then ceases to become that particular, particular church's church, yeah. problem, but seems to be like a problem 
That's in every church. And the reason being is that every church is people. And yeah. people yes. will be people. Yeah. People, are, people are problem. <laughs> you are going to do what they do best. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes I know, just, just for the listener out there, mm-hmm. there's the temptation to, sometimes God will plant you out of a church. Yeah. You know, it may be his desire to do that. But yeah. sometimes it's, you know, an emotional decision mm-hmm. just because something has happened. But trust me, that very same thing is going to happen again yeah. in another church as long as that church is people. <laughs> yep. That's true. <laughs> and also, you know what? Sometimes sometimes you do notice stuff that you're like, mm, you know what? This yeah. is not for me. I think it's... Okay. We've done several episodes here yeah. Yeah. where we're talking about finding a new church or, you know, how to how to leave when it's time to leave. And I think it's, it's good. Like, you... We're not all supposed to be in the same church forever. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes it's just... I believe that if the time comes for me to go, then yeah. I will go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Geraldine wants to ask me something. She's just got, like, stuff written down. <laughs> A long list of questions. Or, or have I answered them already? Yes, you have. Some of... Yeah, you have. You have. Thank, mm-hmm. thank God. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, I think... Because um, we're about to close now. Sure. Um, one of the things that you're really big on, um, which is really cool because I didn't know it existed until... So Kuda has played a really, really, really you know, important role in my life, mm-hmm. you know, from preaching to me, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I got saved through him. And, you know, when you're talking about the supernatural things, my first supernatural experience happened when Kuda... I had now been saved. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kuda was like, come, come at lunchtime and I'll pray for you so that you can start speaking in tongues. And mm. I was such a skeptic. I used to think these guys are faking it. I don't know what this thing is mm. and that sort of thing. And he said, no, 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 come, come, come. And I remember lunchtime, this guy sacrificed, this, this guy was a boarder and he sacrificed his lunchtime yeah. and prayed with me, him and a couple of other guys. And it wasn't instant. Like I remember it took quite a while, you know, mm. until... Just it just happened. Something came upon me, and I just started speaking in tongues, and I couldn't mm. control it. And I was like, "What? This is real." Mm. That's number one. The other thing is, you know, when he got a hold of Ravi, he was so passionate about it, and he started sharing it with us, and we we got into it, mm. and he became so passionate about apologetics. I didn't know it existed. You mm. know that there are people who. Dedicate their lives, you mm-hmm. know, defending the faith. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always just think, just think, it's either you believe or not, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we just want to delve into that. Like, you're so passionate about apologetics. <coughs> and, you know, I've come to appreciate the importance of apologetics. But I just yeah. want to dive in. If you can just give us a brief overview of what it is. I know we've done an episode yeah. um, about this. So, you can always just check out that episode as well. But just for the new listener, just to brief overview of apologetics and why you're so passionate about it yeah so first peter chapter three fifteen it says but in your heart set apart christ as lord then it says each one of you should be able to give a reason for the hope that is within you that might be a bit of a paraphrase yeah. but that scripture is really the anchor scripture for apologetics because the word defense or reason the, the reason for the hope that is within you mm-hmm. Oh, defense. That word defense in the Greek is apologia. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really where, where it, it comes out of. And if you look at, uh, if you read the Bible, if you look at people like the Apostle Paul, yeah. if you look at that whole Mars Hill exchange uh-huh. that he has with the philosophers of the day, 
what he's really doing is presenting the faith, but he's presenting the faith to people who didn't believe. These, these were not Christians, or these were not even Jewish yeah. people who understood things. These, these were Greek thinkers and Epicurean philosophers and people like that. And so he's talking to these guys in a language that they understand because they were intellectuals, mm-hmm. right? He's quoting some of their poets. Mm-hmm. And why? Because he... And then he finds common ground, right? Mm-hmm. That's when he goes on to say, and there's a tomb here mm-hmm. that, that, that says this. And then he starts to associate that with God, that this God that you're saying, the unknown God. Yeah. That, and he uses that as sort of a segue to get into the, the gospel. So, so, but... So apologetics is something that's always been there. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, when you believe something, if, if you claim that something is true, then it's got to stand the test of truth. Mm-hmm. So if we as Christians say that Christianity is true, yeah. and our Lord claimed to be the truth, and that's the crazy thing about Christianity, right? That other religions will say uh, they know the way to the truth, or they will point you to the truth, or they've got a set of principles that will lead you to the truth and then Jesus says he is the truth which is a really big and bold and quite controversial thing to say so so I say that if, if we if we believe that what Jesus said is the truth that he is the truth then can it stand the, the, the test of truth can we confidently say historically what's stated in the Bible can be backed up have historians actually gone into it and studied it? Can non-Christian sources back it up? Is there evidence that we can look at to say, this is what it is, that even if somebody was not a believer, they can say, this happened, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing is that, does it correspond with reality? The things that we see in the, in, in the world, um, the way the human heart and the, the human being is described in the Bible, mm-hmm. does it correspond with what we experience um, day to day mm-hmm. in life so I, I find that all those things sort of come together in a very interesting way in Christianity and, and also I think having the understanding that there's so many different worldviews out there yeah. right? so many different worldviews every single person has a worldview but worldviews must be tested because just because you have a worldview doesn't mean that your worldview is entirely correct now uh, Muslims believe in certain things it doesn't mean that they're entirely, entirely wrong there, there are some pockets of truth in the things that they believe Buddhists, for example, have some very deep things that they yeah. believe in. But ultimately, do they lead to truth? Uh-huh. You see what I'm trying to say? And when you, so, so I think as Christians, it's important for us to have that understanding to say, I believe in Christ because Christ is the truth. And he's the truth because of one, two, three, four. It's, it's not enough to just say he's the truth because the Bible says it's the truth. Yes, it says so. But can we confidently back that up? Can we confidently speak to somebody who doesn't share the same faith and present it in such a way that they can be like, ah, you know what, you've given me something to think about. Yeah. So I think that's really, that's really what it is. Also, just something I want to say is that with apologetics, because there's this tendency to believe that it's a specialist activity, which is the preserve of apologists. Yes, there are people who are public intellectuals and people who do it for a living, but really all Christians should be. Should be apologists, yeah. right? In, in one way or, or another, we should be so confident in what we believe in that we're able to, to converse with people about it. Not, not saying that we have to know everything about everything, mm. but I, I, I hope that kind of gives a decent no, 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 it's yeah. a very picture. Good, yeah. Very good answer, actually. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I guess my fault, I don't know if you have a 
question, Geraldine, before I... Um, well, the question I had was, how is it... Um, why is it important to Christians? But you just answered that, that okay. every Christian should be able to defend their faith and... Yeah. 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 Some... So, I would say that... Because I guess sometimes the um, temptation are like... I'll take it from my, my own perspective when, I, when you started telling me about it. Mm -hmm. The temptation or... Not temptation. The challenge. The challenge is you start fearing that if I go down this route of trying to defend... Because when you're trying to defend, you're trying, like you rightfully said, mm -hmm. finding the reasons. And sometimes... You just believe. You don't know why. Yeah. But sometimes you, right. you just believe mm -hmm. and you don't know why. So now when you're trying to find the why, you're like, what if I can't find the why? Yeah. And then I start questioning <laughs> my faith. Totally, man. Yeah. Totally. And I think it's, it's, it's normal. It's, yeah. it's normal for everyone to feel like... Fear is a normal response. Yeah. To... Because it's, it's scary sometimes to talk to people who don't believe, right? Yeah. Or who seem to have all these questions against Christianity. And you're like, yo, I don't even know the answers. Yeah. Yeah. And you almost start feeling intimidated or you start feeling like, hey, maybe they've got a point. But, but here's the thing. That scripture in First, in First Peter 3.15, it says, you must be prepared. Yeah. So being prepared is a constant, constant. journey, yeah. right? So it's a thing you do constantly where you're getting prepared, you're equipping yourself. Yeah. And equipping yourself means that you're, you're reading, you're studying, you are observing what's going on. Because Jesus, the, the charge that Jesus gave us was to go out there and make disciples. Mm -hmm. But to, to make disciples means of all nations, which means we're going into every space, we're going into every culture, we're going into, into everyone's world, and people have all kinds of things that they, they believe. So, um, so I think it's, it, it requires us to be proactive in the way that we equip ourselves. Mm -hmm. So reading your Bible, but beyond reading your Bible, you're also reading other material. Yeah. You're reading C.S. Lewis. I, I always recommend C.S. Lewis. Yeah. You're reading, uh, maybe you're into business, so find business Christians, Christians in the business, in the business world that you can study. Um, I, I recommend certain books. There's a book called Tactics by Greg Kukul. That, that book is brilliant, just in terms of learning how to, to defend your faith. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Greg Kukul, um, C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, uh, people like Dr. John Lennox. John, John Lennox, is a, he's a Christian, but he's a scientist, very smart guy. You know, you, when you start to listen to, to people like that, and many, many, many others, um, when you begin to listen to people like that, it then begins to show you that, hey, there's so many compelling arguments for the faith. There's a lot of pastors as well who are just like really good. Um, so, so I think it's, it's really about being committed mm -hmm. to learning and to growing. Then you find that a lot of those questions get answered. Oh, and then the last thing I want to say is that many of the people who present arguments, many people like to ask questions. Yeah. So people like to question this and question that. But you should be able to ask questions to the questioners as well. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm trying to say? Because yeah. yeah. if we're saying everybody's got a worldview, then why should the Christian always be the one who's having to answer, to answer yeah. questions? So, so often what I'll do is I'll be like, no, I hear your question. Yeah. But if I were to ask you the same question about your worldview, yeah. how would you answer would you it? Answer? Yeah. You find that many people have never thought about it. Mm. Many people don't even really have answers for the things that they believe, but they're expecting you to have answers. Mm. You see what I'm trying to say? So, but what a lot of that shows you is that there's so much evidence for Christianity. There's so much evidence for the claims that it makes. And Christianity has left itself open 
to questions and to attacks because it's like it's here. So that's why so many people commit to just questioning, questioning, and asking this because you can ask those questions. You can't ask certain questions of Islam. No. Mm-hmm. You can't ask certain questions about Buddhism because they don't even have the answers. You see what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. You can't ask certain questions about even atheism. Yeah. When you really start talking to atheists and to say, okay, yes, you're telling me that um, I'm, I'm, I'm unintelligent because I, they, they call it, you, you believe in a sky daddy because you, you can't deal <laughs> with reality. You see what I'm saying? So, okay, but you tell me that how does a universe that is so full of order and organization and um, all this fine tuning that we see and all these beings that are so obsessed with purpose, how did that universe come out of nothing? nothing. Yeah, it just happened. Out of purposelessness. Can you explain to me how that works? Yeah. How, did the, how did all this order come out of nothingness? Yeah. And you find that when you start asking certain questions of people, then the last thing, okay, this is the lastest thing I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, one of the things that I learned uh, through some of my studies is the, the four questions of, yeah. that any worldview must be able to answer. It's the question of origin, mm-hmm. meaning, mm-hmm. morality, and destiny. Yeah. That if somebody has something that they believe, what, what's their belief about origin? Where did everything come from? Mm-hmm. Right? Where did the universe come from? A worldview, a religion has to be able to answer those questions. What's, what's their narrative about where it all came from? Did it come from nothing? Did it just happen? Did it come from a creator? Number two, morality. How do you define between right and wrong? Is that something that just happens from culture? Is that something that happens from an individual? What is the definition of right and wrong? The third thing is meaning. Is there ultimate meaning and purpose to life? Because the moment you say there is ultimate meaning and purpose to life, then you can't say that there's, the universe came out of nothingness. Because how does nothingness give us meaning, meaning and then the last thing is destiny. Destiny is just where do you go after you die? Uh, of course, you can ask those questions in many different ways, but I think when you, when you really condense them and, and begin to ask those questions of anyone you have a conversation with, you begin to see where people are standing. And I think the gospel begins to give answers that correspond with, with all those questions in a, in a way that is very um, coherent. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's really deep. I think we can go on and on and on. Like, yeah, we won't finish yeah. The hard drives and hard drives. In the book, <laughs> yes. In the Bible, they say, yeah, you'll fill up books and books. We'll fill up hard drives and hard drives. <laughs> wow. Recording this podcast. But yeah, thank you so much, um, Mr. Cookie Monster. Thank you. Really inspiring story and just, you know, some really, really strong points that came mm-hmm. through. Um, as we wrap up, what is the one thing that you want to leave the audience with? Hmm. The one thing I would say is we're living in a very tricky world there's so much going on i think yeah the world is just getting trickier and trickier and i think what we need is to become even more resolute about our commitment to follow christ it's got to be a decision that we make daily there are going to be many temptations there are going to be many struggles many challenges many things that um yeah just many things that want to sway us but we, we have to make that decision and ask God to help us. But we've got to be resolute because a time is coming and exactly now come where I think we're going to find that you may be ostracized for being a Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You may be vilified, you may be mocked, and, but it's, it's part of the deal. Yeah. yeah. So we, must, we, we just need to make the decision to, to run the race. Wow. Thank yeah. you very much, Mr. Cookie Monster. Thank you, Geraldine, for 
being a good um, <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for the for the, for the roasting. <laughs> oh no, I I I coached Keith on everything. Thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you for not. As a producer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, thank you guys. Cool. That's Thank been really good um, having you on the other side. Yes. <laughs> on the other side of the table. <laughs> I don't know if I like it, yeah. <laughs> no, but you're very good. But but yeah, Cookie Monster will be back on this side of the table. <laughs> yes. Hosting again. But yeah, we just felt like it'll be good for the listeners to just hear your story. And you know, um, probably some some of them are wondering, hey, this guy is full of wisdom. This guy is so passionate about God. What's his story? How did he get here? And I thought it'd be good to share that. So Thank yeah. You. Thank you very much and Thank yeah. You. Awesome. We look forward to the next one. I'm really excited about, you know, some some podcast episodes that are coming up. Yeah. Can't yeah. say anything at the moment yet, yeah. but there's some really <laughs> exciting ones that are coming up. So look out for the for the next episodes and yeah, we've got some really big surprises for you. Yes. So yeah, thank you very much, guys. Uh, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.